Hello, podcast listeners. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Kingdom Talk with Tanya. I'm thrilled about the message that I am going to share with you today. I had an opportunity to deliver a word to the youth at a church in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina about a week and a half ago, and I'm going to share that message with you all today. It is to the youth, but it's to their parents and to our entire community. Actually, the message is for us all. It is about choices. So tune in, be inspired, be encouraged, and be uplifted as you hear a word from the Lord. You are listening to Kingdom Talk with Tanya. The title of my message today is, if it's to be, it's up to me. And this is Youth Sunday. So this message is for the youth, but really it's for everybody because it's for me. God spoke to me through this message. Our foundational scripture is Matthew 7, 13, and 14. And it reads, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. It is very easy to follow the ways of the world, especially for you youth. You are around environments in school with other children who may not believe, who may not go to church. It's very easy to follow what the world is doing. It's very easy to walk in sin. That's the wide gate. Many find it. That narrow gate leads us to righteousness, holiness, walking with Christ, having a relationship with him. The Bible says few people find that. And it's unfortunate, but it is true. But at the end of the day, God gave us free will and we all have a choice. So that is what we're talking about, choices. If it is to be, it's up to me. I have a choice. I can choose that wide gate that leads to sin and destruction, or I can choose that narrow gate that leads to righteousness and that leads to life. It is a choice and we all have it. We are faced with many, 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 many choices in life. As a matter of fact, statistics say that the average person makes 35,000 choices per day. When I read that, I was actually astonished, but then I got to thinking about it and I was like, you know what? We are making choices throughout the day. It starts when we wake up in the morning. When I, before I even, before I wake up, my alarm goes off and what do I do? Snooze, snooze. And I'm saying this because I had to hear snooze at least five times this morning. (laughs) Not from my alarm clock, but from my daughter's. But you know what? Hearing her alarm go off and her snooze that many times, I was like, well, you got that from your mama because I do the same thing. But that's a choice. I choose to hit snooze. I choose to hit snooze. I choose to hit snooze. I choose to be late for work or late for school or late for the doctor's appointment. It's a choice. You wake up making choices. What am I going to wear today? What am I going to eat this morning? Am I going to call out of school or or work? Am I going to pretend that I'm sick? We wake up making choices. We make choices all throughout the day. All throughout the day. Young people, you are faced with many choices in life. You're faced with many choices in life. Do you hang out with the cool kids and the bad influences? Or do you hang out with those who 
are bookworms and they choose to remain focused, which kid are you? What, what do you choose to be? Are you making good grades? Do you study? Do you do your homework? Do you listen to your parents? Those are all choices that you have to make. Your parents can't even make you make those choices. They can try, but there are some choices that even today you are making for yourselves and you have that choice to make. Are you a leader or a follower? It's okay to be a follower. Everybody can't lead. My daughter actually taught me a lesson in this a long time ago because I have a very strong personality and I'm very domineering. My daughter is more laid back than me. Thank you, Jesus, for that. <laughs> um, my son is not. He's more like me, but she is completely opposite from me in that respect and that regard. And I'm so grateful for that because it allows us to get along and for her to be very respectful of me. But she said to me a long time ago, I'm the parent that says, if other kids are picking on you or they're mistreating you, you need to tell them and you don't put up with that and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I, I just said, Jasmine, you're going to have to be stronger and you can't. And she said to me one time, she probably doesn't even remember this. And this isn't even in my notes because this is the Holy Spirit speaking. She said, Mom, everybody can't be like you because if everybody was like you, and there would be there be nobody to to lead because everybody or nobody to follow because everybody would be trying to be lead would be leading and there would be no it'd be chaos and I'm like she is so right but everybody can't be like her per se because then nothing would ever get done because somebody has to lead the charge so it takes both so if you, but if you are a leader the the point is lead the right way. If you are a follower, follow the right people. And, and we all have to play both roles, by the way. I can't lead it all the time. I also have to be a follower, and I must learn to be teachable. So if you are a leader, learn to be teachable and follow too. You have to do both. Let me tell you something. In adulthood, the popular kids, the one you, you see today and you think that they're like really somebody, and today social media is really a big deal, those people blend in in society, honestly. And if they don't make the right choices, sometimes they become statistics. So don't get caught up in thinking that other people are better than you because they have more followers or because they seem, they appear to have more opportunities than you do. We are all the same. God gives us all the same opportunities. The Bible says he is no respecter of persons. That means he does not view me any better than you and you any better than the next person. And it does not matter about color or creed. Black, white, purple, pink, orange, it does not matter. God created us all equal. It doesn't matter what man says. At the end of the day, it only means what God says. That's it. Of all the choices that we have to make, there is one choice that's more important than any other choice you will ever make in this life. One thing. And I hope that most of you know what I'm about to say. That is your salvation. Your salvation is the most important choice you will make in this world. Because this is not our home. We are only here for but a moment. We will eventually leave this earth and pass away. The question is, what are you going to choose? Are you going to choose to follow God and accept him as your savior? Or will you choose not to? Again, it's a choice. I could choose to believe the Big Bang Theory, what science says. I could choose to be a Christian or a Buddhist or a Hindu or an atheist and not believe anything. The choice is yours, and we all have to make that choice. 
children, your parents can't make, can't get saved for you. You can't live vicariously through your children. You have to accept Christ yourself. And I can tell you for me personally, I grew up in church, but I was a heathen until I got older. And I'm going to talk about that. One thing you'll find about me is I tell on myself because my testimony and my personal story has helped not only get me, help me get set free, it's helped other people. So I will always tell you the truth about what I've done and where I've been. And I plan to do that today. But that is the biggest choice, and that is your salvation. Do I accept Christ as my Lord and Savior and believe that he died on the cross for my sins? I will tell you, there is nothing on this planet that would make me believe it's not true. I've seen evidence of it in my own personal life, and I know he is real. And I hope you believe the same thing. Honestly, it's the Holy Spirit speaking through me today. I couldn't do this if it wasn't for the Lord speaking through me right now. Because the Bible says I'm filthy rags. We're all filthy rags. It says in Isaiah 64, 6, and then I'm going to skip to verse 8. We are all infected and impure with sin. We sin. Even I sin. I'm standing before you and I miss it. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. Like autumn leaves, we wither and fall, and our sins sweep us away like the wind. And yet, O oh Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are the potter. All are formed by your hand. And again, that's Isaiah 64, 6 and verse 8. We are filthy rags, but he is our Father. We are who we are because of him. And he is the potter. We are the clay. We are on a potter's wheel and he's shaping us every day. Are you on the wheel or have you jumped off? Because I've jumped off the wheel before. And when I've jumped off that wheel, it is, it's been disastrous. It's not been good. The outcome wasn't good of my circumstances. And I influence people. I'm an influencer. So if I'm not, in, and you all are influencing your friends. So if you don't stay on that wheel and let God form you and shape you and continue to make you over every day, because it's a daily choice to stay on that wheel, you will, the people you're influencing, you will cause them to go astray as well. As well. So we influence one another and that's what we must do. When I'm slipping, I jump back on it. I jump back on it. As a teenager, I was very rebellious. I was rebellious and I was disrespectful. And I regret that. I regret that. I was selfish and I was prideful. I was very prideful. I was a daddy's girl. And anytime I went through a situation, I ran to my daddy. And my family wasn't the fondest of my dad. My parents were married, but my family wasn't the fondest of my dad for many reasons. But I loved my dad and there was nobody like my dad to me. And he protected me. Because I think he saw a lot of me in himself. So he was very protective of me. And I went to him to shield me from the correction that my family was trying to give me. My aunt, I had a, my mom's sister, my Aunt Debbie. And David doesn't even know this. He's going to learn this today. She passed away last month. And so when I was writing this message, um, and I hope I don't get emotional, but... When I was writing this message, God had her all in it. He had her all in my spirit because she was the one person in my life. My mom is just very sweet and more like my daughter, honestly, than me. She's not as domineering and strong. 
um, though she's very strong, but she, her personality is different. So I was hard for her to be able to handle um, because of my personality being so strong and I was very strong-willed. I'm still strong-willed today. But my Debbie was an enforcer and she is the one that held me to the fire. She did not let me get out of control. One time I was in my grandmother's house and I disrespected my grandma in front of her and she slapped me, like in my face, slapped me. <laughs> and I went, ran to my dad, Debbie slapped me, you know, and I resented her. I resented her because I felt that she was trying to control me and she wasn't my mom. It wasn't her job. But guess what? It takes a village. So kids, when someone else corrects you, accept their correction. They're not doing it because they want to be mean. They're doing it because they love you. She corrected me because she loved me. Jesus corrects us because he loves us. The Bible says those whom he loves, he corrects. And it takes correction from more than just our mom and dad for us to get it together and keep it straight. So I made bad choices. My aunt corrected me. She made me stay with her my sophomore year. I'll never forget for an entire week. And I, because I was out of control and being disrespectful, and she made me stay with her for an entire week. I, could, I had to go to school, and I was a dancer, so she allowed me to go to dance class, and I'd come straight to her house. And she made me call her the warden. Literally, I had to call her the warden. I don't know if y'all know what a warden is, but it is the person, the jailkeeper in the prison. <laughs> Man, she worked in the prison. She worked in the prison system. So um, she was a tough, tough, tough woman. So, I, But I'm so grateful for her. I'm so grateful for my Aunt Debbie. However, the bad choices I made, because again, she couldn't control every decision I made. It caused me to go down a, a, bad, a wrong path. Um, at 14 years old, I entered into a relationship with the popular guy, by the way. He was the star football player. And I ended up spending six years of my life with him off and on. And he was very abusive. He was mentally, emotionally, and physically abusive. And at 19 years old, I had a child with this man, my son, Stephen. And I don't regret it. He made bad choices and I made bad choices. He's an amazing man now. Now, And he still apologizes to me for, to this day for the way he was. I said, we were kids. We were teenagers. We both made bad choices. Not just you. I made bad choices too. But my bad choices that I made to be disrespectful led me down the wrong path. And I don't want that for y'all. And that's why I'm sharing this. Because I don't want that for y'all. By 21, I had my second child, Jasmine, with someone else who wasn't physically, mentally abusive, but he wasn't the right man for me. And I wasn't married, which is the next point I want to make. Having children out of wedlock, it is it hurts us, but it really hurts our children. So wait until you're married to have children and really to do what causes you to have children. Um, and you can talk to your parents about that if you don't know what it is. But it's okay. It's okay because God will restore, and he did that in my life. Um, and even with my aunt and all of her correction, it was still impossible for her to completely control me. Parents, this is for you. It's impossible for you to completely control your children. You have to allow them unleash a little bit, let off a little bit, to let them understand and figure life out some they will bump their heads sometimes. It's part of life. And some things they're gonna learn the hard way, just like you did and just like I did. We all had to learn some things the hard way. The best thing that you can do as a parent, and this is for the parents, is to set a godly example before them. 
be godly. I had a pastor in Winston-Salem. I lived in Winston-Salem for 15 years. And my pastor said, you teach what you know. You teach what you know, but you produce who you are. So what your children see is what they will become. So set a godly example. And I can't say that I didn't have a godly example set for, before me. I did. I had a godly example, but I, I, made, I bad, made bad choices. Parents, you can't always blame yourself for the choices your children make. But sometimes you should because you're not making bad, you're making bad choices yourself and they're witnessing it and they're becoming an example of what they see. The Bible says, train them up in the way they shall go. And when they're older, it will not depart from them or they will not depart from it. I'll also add though, the Bible says in Ephesians 6 and 4, parents, we aren't to exasperate or to provoke our children. And that means we're not to provoke them to anger, to become angry. It isn't necessary to nag them or harass them. Say what you mean and mean what you say. Let your yes be yes and your no be no, just like God did. That's Matthew 5 and 37. Don't let your children manipulate you. And I can say this because I was a master manipulator. I am telling on myself. I, I just told you I went to my dad so that my dad would go and tell my aunt, who he didn't care for, don't touch my child. She's not yours. But she had a right to do that. I was a master manipulator. Do not let your children manipulate you. When, as a teenager, my mom, when my parents divorced, my mom got a second job because she blessed my sisters and I to have more opportunities than we even could have imagined. We all danced, and I took piano, and one of my sisters was a gymnast, and they were athletes. I mean, we were just busybodies. We were into everything, and you know, that takes money. So kids, if your parents are letting you do things, it's not free. They are spending money, hard-earned money on it. My mom had a second job, and she would do her 9 to 5, and on the weekend, she would go and be a waitress. On Friday evenings, this little spoiled brat would go. She would ground me and punish me from going to the football game on Friday. So that was my punishment if I was out of control. I would stand behind her car and, and beg her to let me go to the game, and I would say, I'm not moving until you say I can go. She would be stressed out, overwhelmed, and finally she would just say, go, just go, I don't care, go. That's manipulation. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. If you say you're not going to do it, you're not going to do it. Okay, you want to stand behind the car, I'll run over you. I mean, I'm, I'm serious. She should have said that. She just started, should have started backing up. <laughs> and what would I have done? I would have moved, right? <laughs> but she didn't. She gave in and, and gave me my way. You can't do that, parents. Stick to your gun. If you punish your child, don't let them manipulate you to get their way. Stick with it. Keep, keep, don't be too hard and too harsh on them, but you have to let your yes be yes and your no be no. Spare the rod, spoil the child. Tough love is okay. That's what my Aunt Debbie gave me. She gave me tough love, and I needed it. I was that kid that needed it probably more than any of them. I'm so grateful for my mom and my aunt. Um, they got to, to they got to see the fruits of their labor. They got to see who I became. My aunt was one of my biggest supporters. When I started ministering the gospel, she was always right there. And David knows because last July I was here in Myrtle Beach at another church that he introduced me to. And my aunt was right there front and center. She was always right there supporting me every step of the way. And she got to see the fruits of her labor. And I'm so grateful for that. So when she passed away last month, my cousin, my first cousin, her son, he asked me, we were preparing for her funeral, and he said, 
I want you to speak. I want you to, to say the prayer at the funeral, um, the invocation prayer. And I got so emotional thinking about it, thinking about how I felt about her growing up and the way she was so hard on me. And I just thank God that she got to see me come full circle. And he said, I want you to say a prayer because I know that's what my mom would want. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. And I just really felt like it was something that I needed to share today in her honor. If you've made bad choices, God is still your biggest fan. It, we think our, I thought, think my Aunt Debbie was a great fan. My mom was a great fan. My children are a fan. My dad was a fan. But God is your biggest fan. He's your biggest fan. The Bible says in Revelation 3 and 20, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. God is waiting on you to open the door of your heart. He's a gentleman. He's not going to barge in. He's not going to knock the doors down. He is waiting. You have free will. It is your choice. The choice is yours. Deuteronomy 13, 19, and 20 makes it very clear. It says, I call heaven, God says this, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. That I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. That both you and your descendants may live. That you may love the Lord your God. That you may obey his voice. And then you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give them. That's a word. That's a word. Life and death, heaven and earth, he puts it before us. You choose. You choose. The choice is yours. There are many biblical examples of people who had to make decisions. Some made good decisions, some made bad decisions. I'm just going to talk about a couple of them. Because we'd be going all day if I talked about all of them. There was Moses. Moses was called by God as a baby when he was shipped into in the river by his mom to protect him and ended up in Pharaoh's house. Well, Moses, as he got older, was chosen by God to set the, the Israelites free to get them out of Egypt to cross the Red Sea. If anybody's seen The Prince of Egypt, it used to be one of my favorite movies when my kids were small, um, to part the Red Sea and God chose them. Well, guess what? Moses didn't want to be chosen. Moses, did, Moses didn't think that he was eloquent enough. He actually said it. He said in um, Exodus 4, 10 through 12, he said, Oh Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant. But I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. So the Lord has said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. Moses stuttered. He had a speech impediment. If you have a speech impediment, you don't want to get up here and stand and, and minister the gospel, but that's not your choice. God chose Moses, and he said, go. Moses still tried to get out of his assignment. He still tried to get out of his assignment, but guess what? God loved Moses so much, he said, guess what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have your brother Aaron speak for you. 
I will tell you what to say. I'm going to speak through your brother Aaron. So God loves us so much that he will give us grace for the assignment, just like he did for Moses. And then there's the disciples, the 12 disciples. They were called one by one by Jesus to follow him. First, there was um, Simon and his brother Andrew in Mark 1, 16 and 20. He told them to follow him and he would make them fishers of men. They were fishermen and they left their nets and they followed him. And then Matthew, Matthew was a tax collector. Jesus came to him and, and Matthew followed Jesus. One by one, the 12 disciples made a choice. They could have chosen not to follow God but they or Jesus, but they followed him. And I believe the Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. I believe they were all chosen except one who decided that he wanted to thwart the choice that he made. And that was Judas. Judas decided to be part of Jesus' crucifixion. So many are called, but few are chosen. Judas gave up the gift that he was given to be chosen. Are you chosen? I think you are if you're here. You're definitely called. You're definitely called. You're called for sure. Youth, you're called. You're called to be different. You'll be different from your peers and different from your friends. Set an example. This young lady, it sounds like she's doing just like, just that. Don't stop. Don't stop. Go, don't go down my path. <laughs> don't change up. It, but even if you go down the wrong path, it's okay. Because God will restore you. Um, he will do that just like he did for me. The Bible says the heart of, of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. That's Proverbs 16 and 9. That's exactly what happened with my daughter and son-in-law who is also here. Thank, thank you for you both for being here to support me. My daughter graduated from college in 2008, and we were in Maryland, and she said, Mama, I want to stay. I don't want to come back. And I said, pray about it. I said, I want you to apply. She wanted to apply at the bank that I was working at, BB&T at the time. And so she applied in Charlotte, where I was moving to, or I'd moved to, and she applied in Maryland. Same day, she got a call from Maryland that she didn't get the job. And less than an hour later, they called her to tell her that she got it in Charlotte. And when she called me, I said, Jasmine, I'd prayed about it. I said, Jasmine, that wasn't my decision. That wasn't your decision because you want to stay in Maryland. I want you to come to Charlotte. That's God's decision. You know that, right? He allowed it to happen just like that. She said, I know, Mama. She came back, and guess what? Three months later, she met her now husband at the bank. Has <laughs> she not come back? And she stayed. That is her planning her way. Mama, I want to stay in Maryland. But God directing and establishing her steps. So plan your way, but let God establish her steps. I've made some good choices and some bad. I've talked about them. My favorite scripture, though, is Romans 8, 28. All things work together for the good for those who are called by the Lord. All things work together for the good for those who are... See, it's my favorite scripture, and I'm forgetting. All things are called... All things work together for the good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. It's my favorite scripture, and I know it like the back of my hand, and here I'm stumbling. But it's my favorite scripture. All things, even the bad things, even the bad choices that you've made, because you probably have made some bad choices, right? But he works it together for your good. You have to use, let God use it to make you better. Um, my bad choices, they've made me stronger. They've made me more resilient. 
They made me wiser. I have street sense because of some of the foolish things I've done. They've made me alert. They've propelled me to make better choices, which again, we all can do. The Bible says though that the wages of sin is death. So I've had to suffer. I've had to suffer for some of my bad choices and you all will too. We all will, we will have to suffer, but God will restore us. I'm sure if you look back over your life, you feel the same, but if you're still here today, you have another chance to make a different choice and a better choice. I said before that salvation is the biggest choice you will ever make. Now I'm gonna share, and I'm getting ready to close. I will share the thing that is the game changer after you've accepted Christ as your savior. After you've accepted him as your savior, the game changer, changer is one word, and that is surrender. Surrender, surrender to God is the anecdote for change in your life. It's not that it's gonna make your life, that your life all of a sudden is gonna be completely better in an instant, but it will change how you see things. It will change your outlook. It will be food for your spirit and soul and it will give you hope and faith that no matter what your circumstances or your situations, situation, things will get better. You will no longer see life the same. As the scripture says, old things have passed away and all things have become new. You will be different when you surrender to God. It's not the most popular decision in this culture, especially for our youth who are faced with um, much temptation to sin and to do things the world's way. And today it is just completely crazy how... Um, everything is today what you kids have to go through. I mean, really, um, it's, it's hard, but you have to make the right choice and you have to surrender to God and you have to set an example before your friends. You have to, it's so important. Your very life depends on it, honestly. Um, when Jesus went to the cross, he said in John 17, 14 through 16, I have given them your word, your word and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. You're in this world, but you're not of this world. If you follow, choose, if you choose to follow Christ. And just as he was persecuted, you might be persecuted too. He may be, but that's okay. He'll protect you. The Bible says we're peculiar people. Do you know what a peculiar person is? The world will call it a weirdo. I'm okay being a weirdo for Christ. People have called me a Jesus freak. I'm okay with that. I'll be a Jesus freak. I'm okay with being a Jesus freak. Do not accept sin and make excuses for it. We should ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? Remember the little wristbands we used to wear? What would Jesus do before you make a bad choice? Remember, you're not a same old creature. You're a new creation when you accept Christ into your heart. The last thing I want to say before I jump into my closing is um, parents. Parents and uh, people who are not parents, maybe your children are grown, maybe you don't have any children. It is so important for you to, um, just like my Aunt Debbie did, it takes everybody. 
to work together to help raise these children together. It takes us all, especially for single moms. I was a single mom. I needed help with raising my children. And my Aunt Debbie and Uncle Billy actually helped me in raising my kids. And I thank God for that. It is so important for you to rally around these kids and help them mentor them and guide them and lead them together. It takes us all. You are now at a crossroads. This is your opportunity to make the most important decision you will ever make. Forget the past. Who are you now? Who have you decided you really are now? Don't think about who you have been, because that doesn't matter anymore. Who are you now? Who have you decided to become? Make this decision consciously. Make it carefully. Make it powerfully. I'm going to say some affirmations, and I want you to repeat them after me. And I want you to believe it when you say it. Don't just say it. Believe what we're about to say and repeat it after me, please. I choose to live by choice, not by chance. To be motivated, not manipulated. To be useful, not used. To make changes, not excuses. To excel, not to compete. I choose self-esteem, not self-pity. I choose to listen to my inner voice, not listen to the random opinions of others. That inner voice is, is Christ speaking through you, by the way. And unless it's speaking negativity, and that is the devil. It's, and you tell it to go, that, to go right back to hell where it came from, okay? I choose to be humble, not to be proud. I choose to take up my cross and follow Christ. Thank you, Father. Let us pray. Podcast listeners, thank you so much. Again for tuning in. Let's say a prayer. God, we just love you. We love you. We love not all the things that you've done for us, but just who you are. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you that you did give us free will and we do have choices in life. God, we pray that you will help us, that we will make the right choices, Lord. Help us to take that narrow path that leads to righteousness and not the wide gate that leads to sin and destruction. God, help us to be more like you. Convict us when we miss it. Forgive us when we have missed it, God. And just thank you for loving us and forgiving us and giving us second and third and 100th chances. Lord, we love you when we praise your holy name, and we just pray that you'll continue to make us over each and every single day. Help us to stay on that potter's wheel. Mold us and make us over. We praise you and we pray to you these in all of our prayers in Christ Jesus' name. Thank you again, podcast listeners, for tuning in. Have a wonderful week and I will talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning in to Kingdom Talk with Tanya. 